podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today is Tuesday? Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> this is where we are now. It's lockdown world. Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday the 16th of September 2020. My name is Patrick Smith. Usually at this time we'd probably be about two, three weeks into the season. We'd have all sorts of games and action to talk about, but obviously... Given the announcement in the last couple of days, and given what we'll all, we've all been living with for the last six months, there is a, something to talk about, and it's not something we really want to have to talk about. However, we've got, I'm joined by my three good friends. We'll come to them in a second. We'll also be chatting with Adam Keith and Steve Thornton. But let's start with Mr. David McJemsey. Um, six months, mate, since we last spoke on the podcast due to the close down the late league season. How have things been for the last six months for you? It's been a, <laughs> I suppose a, a, we've came through the other side of it, so that's the main thing. It, it was testing at times, being a school teacher. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was very fortunate I was able to, to keep my job, um, working from home as I, well, I worked from home anyway, but just still working from home and having the kids and just trying to juggle everything. Obviously pretty tricky and, uh, but they've came through it fairly unscathed. It seems they're, they're back to school now. Kids are resilient, as you know, and, uh, I'm just glad that, uh, well, it's, it's still on the horizon, isn't it? We're still scar stories and we don't know where we are as a, uh, as a, as a country and as a, as a world, I guess. But, um, even just the little things now that, you know, you took for granted in the past have just been able to go to the hockey and stuff are, are gradually being chipped away. And, uh, yeah, it's a worrying time, but, you know, we just have to dig deep and keep going. Absolutely. Mr. Sam Kitchen, how are you? Granny's still hanging in there at 96. So she's yeah, still, see. She's see. Through it. To be fair, like that nursing home she's in hasn't had one single case. So, you know, you've got to give them props where it's due. They've, they've worked really hard. It's been difficult. That's probably, as a family, that's been the most difficult thing. I was only able to go and see my family on the 11th of July. And, uh, sorry, actually, the 12th, because the, the 12th was on the 13th. That makes sense. Yeah. But, um, you know, so as a family, we haven't been able to get up and see her. And it must be confusing for her too at that age. You know, whereas everybody, but we're all in the same boat. So mm. it's good to see. Good to hear she's still going for it, man. Mister mm. Mister Kitchen, how are you? I'm okay. Yeah. It's um, we were like Davy, same. Uh, you know, trying to do my, my school teaching um, for the first <laughs> couple of months of lockdown didn't go very well. Um, I learned. Sorry, I think it's easy to say I relearned a lot of things because um, it's like. Worked 25 years since I was in school. So Jasmine coming home and telling me that two and two is four, that was a real challenge. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 it definitely was tough. And, and Davey's talking about the job situation. I've, I've, now, I'm still at Photocap, but I'm down to a two day week and, and that's going to be on a permanent basis. So it's, COVID's been a real bitch. And, and, um, I absolutely agree with David. I don't think there's any end to it anytime soon with, um, just the way everything is, it's a real, it's a real pain in the ass. But we just have to suck it up and get on with it, and and um, see what's around the corner next time. And, and with no hockey, 
it's it's going to be just that a little bit harder. Is it is that you working from home then, Sis, or are you just or is it uh, out and about? Mondays and Tuesdays, um, I work at Fun Academy, and I'm lucky enough I've got the, the taxing situation to fall back on. So if I want to go taxing, I can do it anytime I want. Um, but just Mondays and Tuesdays. So, uh, business development manager available for hire. Absolutely. Um, you can uh, just drop us a message, email, whatever you want to. You can drop it in the AVFTB. I'm sure the boys will pass it on to me. Nice. But, 100%. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not ideal, but there's a lot of people in a worse situation than what I am. And again, I've got, uh, Jazz here and then we Sophie's at our mum's house. So everything from that side of things is, is healthy enough. And, and, uh, again, we'll just have to wait and see how it pans out. Says we got we got Neil Russell a general manager's job. We can get you a job. Must be. <laughs> Thanks very much, boys. I look forward to it. That's it. And uh, and a man who's uh, I'm sure he's not been busy with all the uh, the stuff that's going on with the hospitality after. How are you, Joel Neil? Uh, I mean, I can only echo says there, and that uh, a lot of people are an awful lot worse off than me. But I guess like everybody else, to say the last six months as have been challenging would be an understatement. Um, but still taking over, uh, still just kind of fighting fires every day and, and trying to do the right thing. And uh, myself and Danielle are still just kind of stuck at the kitchen table and the, and the spare room respectively, just tapping away on laptops all day. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's not been one for the books, but we're all right. Here, Joel, do you think your dad ever let you do any really interviews or is he just like... Uh, <laughs> are you gonna be on, yeah, we're going to talk back on Nolan. It's always Colin. We want some of Joel. First of all, I'm writing them. Second of all, do you think I want to take that flack? <laughs> <laughs> Miss people that. Mate. <laughs> nah, Steve, I'm alright. Backing up on social media the last couple of days, Stephen Norman, you 65. Oh, I, I love, I love a week. Nothing I love more than getting the blood pressure up in the morning, getting old Noel on. I mean, there's a serious, there's a something said. I don't know where I like to mention his name on the podcast. <laughs> That's uh. Steer clear of Nolan for a bit. Hashtag trolling Nolan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Right. He's on tonight at half ten. Make sure you watch it. He's getting tore into the ones up at Holy Lands. His, his feet were on the ground at the Holy Lands if you're listening to him today. Where so. absolutely everyone is sponsored by O'Neill's, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what, rugby league? The old rugby league fans? Of course, after six months since the 2020, sorry, 2019-2021 season was suspended or cancelled, uh, leaving no champion and the Belfast Giants retaining their Elite League Championship, we've spent the last six months in uncertainty, wondering whether we would have a position where we could have a new Elite League season. And yesterday, uh, Tuesday, the 15th of September, we received that answer. Um I'll read from the press release on Monday's video conference call. The 10 teams unanimously agreed that they cannot commit to the 2020-21 league season starting on December the 5th as previously planned and the season will be suspended. League chairman Tony Smith spoke on behalf of the 10 member teams and he said, we've been very open that we need to have fans back in our arenas for us to begin playing again. We operate around 75% to 100% capacity at our venues and this is the level of crowds we need in order to go ahead at any point, which isn't a realistic option right now. Government compliance, along with the safety of our players and officials, staff and fans, is paramount to this decision. If government guidance and support were to change, some teams may be ready to revise plans and return to play and would need to be a minimum eight weeks to prepare. 
We're looking at the possibility of some form of top-level ice hockey in the UK potentially taking place in early 2021. This could start in late January or early February and go through into late June, but may not include all teams. And again, this is dependent on crowds being allowed back inside venues. Tony Smith said, we continue to speak with the Department of Culture, Media and Sport and devolved administrations about their plans for return of fans to the arenas that would enable this to happen. But having a full EIHL, EIHL season starting in 2020 with 10 teams is now beyond us, unfortunately. End of press release. We are going to hear just in a second from Adam Keith, but I just want to gain initial reactions um, from you, Simon. Let's, let's begin with you. Uh, was this inevitable? Yeah. Um, the current situation with regards to you know fans being allowed in, this league can't survive without the fans. Um, you know, what looking at likes at Dice um, on Twitter, and he's he's got friendly games already under his belt at at uh, Graz, and and some of the other ex players we've had or have already travelled to, to far, further fields to to play their hockey this year, and and it, it is you know I think they made the right decision. You know, I know they say about it's unanimous. I don't think it was unanimous. Um, you know, there's always somebody that uh, likes to stick their oar in and and, um, <laughs> and get their right? say, but. <laughs> Well, I mean, ask your man Holland. He certainly, you know, he put out a tweet today when uh, Nick Russell put out a tweet, something as, as well. But again, for me, it, it's the right decision. You know, you can't, uh, the safety and, and is paramount. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk here. I know Joel's had, had obviously, regarding the, the um, hospitality officer side of things, you know, but the, the advanced side of things in Northern Ireland, 7,500 uh, members of, the, of the, that community are going to be out of jobs um, if we don't get some sort of um, amount of people in the gigs and, and, and I know that the likes of the line might have had comedians in the last couple of weeks and um, how they're doing that and how they're getting around them I don't know and, but I think it needs to progress on that. If we don't get the SSE Arena open or Waterfront Hall, the Ulster Hall, all these different venues, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, you know, the, the government, they're in a sticky situation. I know there's, we've got four different views on, on how the British government work or now or the Irish government work. Um, and it's, you know, you can't get them agreeing to anything. Um, and it's, it, it's just a really, really difficult situation because the most important thing is, is people's safety and people's health. You know, driving past the SSA arena, no, their Joel lives right behind the bloody thing. It's, it's derelict. There's nobody there. There hasn't been anybody there for for nearly six or seven months now. Um, you know, I think there's one guy who's in to check, make sure the doors and all the alarms and all are still on on a daily basis. That's it. Um, it's 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 hard. This very very disheartening. I can say, drive past it regularly. Um, there's just nobody there. Even driving through Belfast, I know. Uh, you know, you and, and Paddy and Davy obviously can't see it, and but it's death. The whole city is. There's times you, you you walk through or drive through the town, and it is genuinely like a ghost town. Um, you know, you can see since the the restaurants opened at the air the start of July that you know eat out to help out definitely helped, and some of the restaurants have kept that on. But it's small groups of people in small venues or small restaurants is completely different than putting six and a half or seven thousand people in an arena to, to cheer on a goal being scored. Uh, Belfast Giant 
in a continental cup game. You, <laughs> I mean, what the first thing you do is you want to hug somebody. I mean, we had Daly and I had a table between us. We we're high fiving all of us. I'd be looking for a for God's sake. Um, so it is. It's. It's. I think it's the right decision they've made. Um, does it make it any easier? No. Um, and again, I think that we're going to be, you know, if twenty twenty one. 2021, yep. no, 21-22, yeah. that season starts on time, I think we'll be doing very, very well because everything being knocked back, if, you know, I, I don't know how much you want me to go into it with regards to, you know, what the league said about maybe something in, uh, we'll come, starting in there. We'll come back to that. Um, but again, it's, I, I can't see the situation with crowds indoor changing anytime soon, and that's the bit that's really, really pissed me off. Davey, you know, we, we had we, we had release some press releases from the Elite League all through the summer from time to time just to sort of say we are considering what's going on. The writing was becoming increasingly on the wall. Uh, we'll hear from Steve Thornton later on, but one of the things he highlights is you know the financial thing is what it is, but it is a safety thing foremost. Yeah, I think both have to factor in largely, but yes, you can't put anyone's safety staff, you know, fans or, or anyone, you can't just put them at risk for essentially what's a game. You know, it's, it's sports entertainment, although it means a lot more than that to us at the, at the, at the crux of the matter is people paying in to watch a product and everybody has to be safe. And, you know, there's no excuse for anybody going home from work sick or people going to watch a game and going home sick. So. Yeah. Safety's paramount. Simon's talking about the government here, and you know, I suppose one of the, the big factors was, you know, multiple governments. You've got the the, the English government, you've got the, the Welsh government, Northern Ireland Assembly, and you we Jimmy Craggy up there in Edinburgh doing her own thing too. You know, so it's just very, very difficult for four different, I guess, if you want to call them four different jurisdictions, trying to all come together to make one product happen. Simon says about the unanimous decision. I would say it's probably. It's been a, a majority decision, perhaps, there that, you know, we'll have to unfortunately shut things down. I think they've done as best they could and, and they kicking the can down the road, but there has to be a line in the sand drawn somewhere and say, like, what, they, they allow players, I guess, to go and try and get a livelihood for a year. Very, very difficult on friends that we have in this organization that work behind the scenes, you know, cameramen and video guys and, operations managers, the, the, the former water boy, all these guys who just don't know what their future holds at the minute. And that that for us, we've all got our own jobs. Simon's got his difficulties at the taxi firm, Jewel Hospitality. I'm not sure what your situation, I know you're working from home, but I'm not sure what your situation work-wise is. I work in construction. Everybody's worried, but these are our friends as well at the club, you know, aside from, you know, us going and watching the Belfast Jets and supporting the team. All those guys that work behind the scenes are long-term friends of ours and it's very difficult to, to hear about people losing their jobs or potentially not having any work now between and, and I guess Joel probably put it best you know the Belfast Giants have been there for 20 years for us and now it's probably our turn to try and be there a bit for them I'm sure the club will be coming up with things over the next next while that we can support away from the ice so we'll look forward to seeing I know we'll come back to it but things like Brixie's doing with those season ticket deal for next season I know some people want their money back but if you can leave your money in the club that's some deal that they're putting out there um, what we can go on to but yeah safety is paramount you hear thoughts at the start there you know very well put Paddy you know you put the family angle to him first you know higher things on a human level but then when you go on to the business side of things it just 
10 different businesses working in four different jurisdictions was always going to be difficult. And as Simon has put it succinctly there, you know, things aren't changing any. Things are going backwards, if anything, at the moment. You know, we came out of lockdown and we're all sort of here's in lockdown and here's, you know, all these different things that are going on. And it's just it's, it's just something we're sadly being forced to live with at the moment. Hello from lockdown Greater Manchester. Are you um, in lockdown, right? <laughs> Yes, but it still hasn't been lifted. Um, don't, don't say you were in Bristol last weekend, no? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, um, allegedly. Allegedly. You put it on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell me you weren't supposed to be there, Dominic. <laughs> I think I read the, read the regulations. If there's a brutality, holiday, it's fine. Um, yeah. Believe me. We're just oh, testing your eyesight anyway. That's, just it, test. that's it. And my eyesight was fine until I had those pints with you. <laughs> um, Joel, on on yourself, just before we we hear from Adam Keith, you know, as we said, you know, it was, I said this is you know, was inevitable at the safety level. From from a point of view of the fans, you know, it's going to be a year before we see any hockey at the SSE Arena, or potentially a year before we see any hockey at the SSE Arena. So, how difficult is it to take this sort of this sort of announcement? Yeah, look, it's uh, it's something, I guess, uh, I don't know if it's an overshare, but something that I've sort of been dealing with throughout the lockdown. Uh, I, I sort of learned that I think I, I sort of, um, I, I source a lot of my happiness and, and my sense of kind of well-being from having a purpose. I don't know if that makes sense, but my, my sort of uh, happiness really just hinges on, on, you know, what I think is my purpose in life and, and my purpose in life, apart from my job and my family is honestly this club and, and, uh, sort of helping out in any way I can to promote it and, and just doing whatever's asked of me. And, um, whenever all that stuff was taken away throughout lockdown, you know, it's a, like, you know, live music, I spent my summer visiting friends and going to see gigs and, uh, obviously the giants have gone, um, all the kind of stuff that, that you sort of, that shapes who you are. Once that's taken away, there's a real horrible kind of void there. Uh, and I guess that's just me drawn from my own experiences to try and summarize how the fan base are feeling. And, you know, it's, uh, the, the giants are, are, are such a, a spectrum of, of things to people. You know, we've talked about it at length. It's not just the, the orange and green argument of of the millennium whenever the team was founded you know it's it's so much to so many people so it's impossible to quantify uh just how hard it's going to be for for all of those different people to kind of move along without it you know it, it i know I, I sort of put up that blog out yesterday and tried to summarize how i felt but it's uh it's a place to belong it's a it's a place you know for for people that maybe didn't have any before to come in and make friends it's uh it's been a support network for so many people and, and continues to be and in more ways than you'll ever understand understand i don't care how long you spend around this club and how many people you know you'll never know just how much it means to everybody uh, and it's just totally unquantifiable and i think that that's the greatest pain in all of this obviously uh public health is is the obvious concern here uh, everyone's trying to move forward with no textbook trying to do their very best in an impossible scenario jobs careers livelihoods the the future kind of living standards on the other side of this very important as well but but there's a real tragedy just in, in that that uh that support mechanism and, and that sense of belonging, that place to belong has been taken away from the fan base for, for at least the next year. 
Um, I know that the club will, will continue to do everything that they can. Uh, I think the, the way they addressed it yesterday was sensational. I think what they're offering season ticket holders is, is just above and beyond. I think it's incredible. Um, you know, and, and, and there were a few voices kind of muttering about not having any updates in, in the days leading up to that. I think that the club kind of blew it out of the water with that yesterday. And, and I have no doubt they'll continue to, to move forward and do that. Um, they'll, they'll try to engage in any way that they can. There's a real sense of genuine passion from the club. There's a real sense of meaning in everything that they're saying. Uh, I don't know if you saw Adam's interview for UTV and, and the message that he put out to season ticket holders right down through to the, the chats that we're, we're going to have in the show today. So we're definitely in good hands. Um, as I said in that blog, if, if anyone's going to weather the storm, thank God that it's uh, Robert Fitzpatrick and, and his team at the Trust. Absolutely. And you, you can see that at kingdomofthegiants.com. It was released yesterday. It was a very good one too. Let's hear from the head coach, Adam Keefe, who spoke earlier on today with our very own Mr. Simon Kitchen. Well, it's the first time in quite a while um, that we've managed to to get hold and, and meet up with social distancing, obviously, uh, coming into the equation uh, with the head coach, Adam Keith. And Adam, um, firstly, your last six months have been, uh, I'm sure, probably busy from the point of view of your garden, but uh, how are you getting on from, from a housing situation and obviously the uh, situation with uh, where we are right now with the, the announcement yesterday um, of the league being suspended? I will first answer your first question since you guys have brought it up so much. Um, I have a nice crop of potatoes, so that was one positive out of September, um, or 2020, I should say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it comes as, uh, I guess, not really a surprise yesterday with the league announcement, but, um you know, still sad nonetheless, and I mean, a lot of people count on hockey for for a much-needed getaway from the real life, and including myself and everybody involved. So I think, uh, yeah, some some bad news, and um, you know, hopefully we can kind of help each other uh, as a fan base, uh, myself included, get through this uh, long winter. Obviously, it's it hasn't been a a knee-jerk reaction to, to uh, cancelling the season, or sorry, suspending the season. Uh, the, the clubs have, have been speaking regularly, and I've spoke to Steve over the last number of weeks and months, and, and you know it's been a long, drawn-out process. Um, but getting to where we are right now, um, in my own opinion, it, with the current situation, it's probably the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, the more, the more no questions got answered as the summer went on it started to look less likely that there would be a season uh, you know all the uncertainty that we had in in April May is still here today and that's you know that's that's the real problem you know if we had clarification around fans uh, being able to attend indoor indoors uh, whether it be sporting events or or, or theaters or concerts then we would have some indication, but we don't have any of that yet, and we also don't have any government funding um, to make it viable for for these businesses within within the league to operate, and, uh, and that's obviously the reason why they chose uh, to suspend the season. With regards to the, the suspension, obviously, the world didn't stop of recruitment, and and you obviously you speaking to players and and looking forward to to this season. How has that affected you coming into obviously the last few months? Because everything's obviously been done on Zoom or done on 
um, on the phone calls as well because you obviously can't yeah. uh, get over to, the, to Canada, which uh, you're usually doing a bit of work out there when you go during the summer. Yeah, I think especially immediately once we went into lockdown, I think our focus shifted to to this coming season that just got uh, suspended, and, and we we immediately started to recruit and and reach out to players and agents and uh, build a good list of guys that were very interested in coming to Belfast and, and we were also very interested in having them here. Um, it became more difficult as the summer went on, um, you know, just to, ethically speaking, to not be just, uh, uh, you know, signing players for the fun of it and and, and misleading them and, and uh, you know, taking them away from the market. So we, as the summer went on and, and the season looked less likely or at least was more uncertain um it was harder to recruit obviously because you couldn't finalize anything um now with all that being said it certainly puts us in a good position going forward to 21 22 because we've done a lot of the work and made a lot of the connections and uh sold the city of belfast and the organization here to a lot of players that uh, will have interest when the time comes with regards to um, twenty one twenty two, it is a year away. This is your first September, and probably what, I don't want to give you away your age, like, but you're probably talking twenty years that you haven't actually been on the ice, whether you've got a coaching capacity or a playing capacity. Um, how are you going to do that? Yeah, I, I don't. The, the 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 honest answer is I don't know. Um, We'll just deal with it as it comes. Uh, it's new to us, but I mean, in saying that, I mean, uh, as hockey players and as coaching staff, um, we've obviously had a very long off season. Um, so I, I assume that uh, you know, a lot of that is going to con- come into play, where we will just continue to prepare for the season and 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 also, uh, I guess. You know, look to fill our time other ways. Um, you know, we we certainly want to, uh, as an organization and and as a staff, keep the, in particular, the season ticket holders engaged throughout the season. We know how much of a, a void that's going to be left, and and not just for the season ticket holders, not just for the fan base, um, but for ourselves in terms of uh, our love of ice hockey. There's going to be a big void. Uh, there throughout the winter, and, and we want to fill that with uh, fan engagement opportunities, uh, whether it be obviously now with social distancing, uh, either if it has to be online or, or um, you know, back in the old days when we used to have those Q&As at, at different venues, uh, you know, a lot of these things that you put on yourself um, are different ways and different ideas that we will come up with to just keep ourselves engaged, uh, that being our fan base and the organization, and um, get our hockey fixed that way. And uh, you know, maybe we can update the the fans that way as well. On on, I mean, let's face it, um, week to week, month to month, um, this is an ever evolving situation, and uh, more news comes out and uh, every month. This is probably one of the most difficult questions I've asked you in, in all the time of knowing you, but have you been given assurances from the club with regards to your future? We've spoken about uh, my future here, and um, well, I'm sure I'm confident that we'll, we'll work it out and, and uh, be able to, you know, I, don't know, I guess, 
get something out, uh, get something done, or we can um, solidify my future here. But uh, you know, from my end, um, you know, this is my home. Uh, I love it here in Belfast. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to, to coach the team that that uh, I have so much passion for. Um, so from my end, uh, and from speaking with Steve and and, and Robert, uh, we certainly, you know, uh, I don't plan on going anywhere. Obviously, uh, I have to, like anybody else, kind of uh, take the situation as it comes. With regards to... Um where we are right now and we've put out uh, some we put out a couple of tweets in the last day or so regarding fans coming back to us so I have a few questions here uh, that have come in from the fans this isn't uh, this is obviously the, the, we're, we're talking about the fans getting their say as well so uh, James Dalliator, uh when will recruitment for the 2021 season start um, if it doesn't already happen now usually recruitment would start after the season so does that give you an 8 month head start um, or are things on hold? Now, obviously, you've mentioned that little bit of, of putting the, the groundwork in for next season, um, but uh, what's the situation with the recruitment side of things? Um, obviously, it will continue, but uh, there's certainly going to be uh, a slower pace to it because the players will be recruiting. Uh, a lot of them will be playing uh, elsewhere. Um, and then uh, also, the market's going to change in terms of uh, what's available and, and uh, you know all different types of things budgets everything's going to change um, within the calendar year so uh, we want to be sure that we're on top of all that and um, but to answer the question uh, yeah no uh, recruitment won't won't uh, stop altogether I mean it'll just slow down its pace I suppose um, but there are key core players that we want to to retain and um, we will be speaking to, um, but to be honest with you, my first, um, I guess, duty is is to look after our players that are on the team right now, and and some of the players that that weren't signed back from last year's team, and, and try to find them employment, and, and that's what I've been doing here the last few weeks is just trying to to see what's available out there in Europe for for our players. Ryan R. Ryan Rodwell, uh, should we expect a fairly unfamiliar roster when hockey resumes next year, or are there names of players they expect to return? That's a tough one to answer. Um, at this point, uh, it's really hard to say what a 18 months away from the rink will do for some players. Some players may retire. Some players may find playing playing in certain countries. Uh, you know, more enjoyable, or, or just find a better fit for them. So it's it's really hard to say at this point. Um, but like I said, there are certain players that um, we deem core players that uh, will be a good foundation for us to start from, and, and we will start uh, talks with them shortly. Um, I think this last question uh, is Matthew Bell and Jamie Taylor. And I think it'll be answered, like, but um, a long question from both of them. But basically, what's the chance of Adam Keith being back on the ice again next season? <laughs> You're looking pretty good shape, like. Oh, yeah. I guess you could see see crazier things uh, could happen in 2020. That is for sure, um, but not 2021. So, <laughs> um, 
I don't see that that's going to be very likely uh, to happen. Um, but maybe I'll start skating this this winter and see how things play out. I see you're back on the ice. I heard uh, we, we uh, Bertie told me you're back on the ice uh, doing a bit of coaching with the kids. How are you enjoying that? Yes, uh, it's certainly different coaching uh, youth hockey players. That's for sure. Um, than than pro hockey players, so it's it's great for me to to kind of bring it back down to grassroots levels and and have some fun with the the youth uh, hockey players here in Belfast. You know, I haven't had enough time to really get involved with that and help out. So I'm I'm enjoying uh, you know working with Stewie and Mace and and the guys uh, with the, the the Junior Giants and uh, you know it's certainly it's getting me out of home and in my head into ice hockey and um, that's always a good thing. Stanley Cup final, nearly upon us. Dallas Stars have been confirmed as the first team in it. Obviously, last night, um, well, we're putting this out tomorrow, but um, the Islanders beat the. Uh, who did they beat last night? Tampa Bay last night. Um, who do you think is going to win that series? And who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup? Um, Obviously, your, your, your ex head coach, Pete DeBurr, um was put out the night before. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for. Uh, Tampa right now. Um, if you had asked me a couple nights ago, it would have been Las Vegas. Um, but uh, I got my money on Tampa right now. Adam, again, we really do appreciate your time. I know you're, you're, you've got stuff to do and, and uh, maybe not as busy as you would normally be, but um, I hope you're keeping well and uh, we'll hope to speak to you again soon, man. All right, sure, sketchy. Thanks to Adam for his time. Simon, you, you, know, you spent the time there just having the chat with Mr. Keith, how did he? How did how did he seem? Was he in in good form, considering? Absolutely. Um, you know, you can see that he's. Uh, you know, he's certainly missing hockey. You know, it's. Um, he's not the only one, but that, that's his. That is his livelihood. You know, for, as I said in in, one, in the interview itself, you know, for the first time in maybe twenty years, and in September, and he's not either playing or coaching hockey, um, and it's. You know that, that's going to be very difficult to deal with, um, not just for Adam because, you know, I know that the um, you know the club are are trying to look after everybody, and that includes the guys who have, who had agreed to come back, the staff they're already there. Davey touched on, um, obviously Adam and Steve and stuff, and, and you know Joel just touched on uh, before we went to speak to Adam about um, some of the fans, you know, giving off about why have they not heard anything from the club? They're all fertile. You know, when they're doing stuff like that from from the SSA arena, and you know you're getting the part of your fund or, or most of your wage paid by the government on furlough, you're not supposed to be working, and that you know releasing output like that um, from social media or whatever it is is working. So you know, I totally understand why they weren't uh, getting out there and, and letting the fans know whenever somebody wasn't happy about it. But the offer that they have put out is outstanding. Um, Adam touched on a few things in the interview, you know, with regards to, you know, with the fan base and trying to do different events between, you know, now and next season. Um, you know, coming up to Christmas, maybe trying to get different events organised. That's going to depend whether it's going to be online or whether it's going to be on a, um, on a like a, a small basis. Then maybe interviews and like we did in, a few years ago in Laveries and a couple of other bars around Belfast. So it, it's a long way off trying to get everything and trying to keep Adam busy. He's actually he's um at least he's getting back on the ice he and he's he's coaching 
five, six, seven, eight, nine year old kids. And I think he's probably learning more doing that than what he has when he's coaching, you know, so-called adults. Um, so it's good to see him getting back on the ice again alongside Stewie and, and Mace. Uh, but again, it's, you know, it's, it's certainly not, um, an ideal situation for him. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, he's in a very good, difficult situation. He's been a, for, you know, for the three seasons that he's regarding coaching our side of things, he's been very successful. And, Successful coaches are very, very hard to come by. And, you know, you just don't know what's down the line. And then you don't know if somebody's going to make an offer for him to come in and, and you know, be their coach. And I hope not, because um, I would like nothing more than to go back next September and he's still our coach. So um, you can see that he's, he's not himself, but um, it's totally understandable. It's uh, a very, very difficult situation for everybody. Joel, Simon touches on the organisational part of it there, and obviously you know you touch on the fact that the Giants have to find a means over the next twelve months to keep the to keep the club active, to keep the club in the minds of people, to keep the club ticking over. Because you know, come this time next year, we want to see those boys in in red, white, and teal back on Odyssey or SSE Arena ice. One of the things that they've done is obviously when the announcement was made for the the uh, suspension of the league season. Uh, they did put out the the offers with regards to the the season ticket, the money back, the, the the shirt, and things like that. Details of that, if you haven't seen it already, are on the Belfast Giants official website. But um, you know, it's a, it's a great deal for for a club who have to look forward over the next twelve months, and we'll hear from Steve Thornton in a few minutes. But a club who over the next twelve months have to find a means to to plan, prepare, and and keep alive. And honestly, uh, I, I have sort of been, uh, you know, casually chatting with, with people like Brooksy, as you sort of do, just checking in, asking how people are doing. And, and he sort of alluded to, you know, the the, the club trying to, to put something together in the case that the, the league didn't go ahead. But I didn't, in my wildest dreams, think it would be just as comprehensive as that. Um, I think if there was ever any doubt that uh, the old adage that the season ticket holders are the backbone of the club, if, if anybody ever doubted that, I mean, look at what they're providing there. Uh, you know, I, I have I have no doubt either that the trust are coming into work, whoever's working still, you know, Robert and, and his senior management, probably a skeleton crew, but I have no doubt that they're coming in and fighting a battle every day for their own long-term existence. Um, you know, the, the entertainment industry is intrinsically, it's it's the business of mass gatherings of people. And at the minute, they're, they're going to be the last industry to reopen amongst all this. Uh, so with that as the context and with that as the background to, to confidently offer something like that to the fan base, just saying, you know, we're in this together. This is a situation that we didn't want. It's nothing that we could ever have planned for, but here's how much you mean to us. Here's what we're going to do. Um, but I, but again, I'd like to think, and maybe I, I wear the tail tinted spectacles a little too much, but, um, I would like to think that this club means enough that, uh, it doesn't matter what's offered or not offered. Whenever those doors are finally opened again, I, I think the city of Belfast will, will respond in their droves, um, simply because of what the club means to the people. Um, but, but regardless, an absolutely brilliant bit of business. I just, uh, it made me proud yesterday to read that and, and to see the other, uh, fans of other clubs all, all comment on that as well. As Davy, as Joel likes to remind us quite often that uh, we've been around this club a lot longer than he has, um, and we have seen, let's say, various iterations of problems. You know, ownership problems, league problems, and now we've encountered this problem. And and through it all, the Belfast Giants have prevailed, and we have seen that team on the ice. 
I'm, I'm sure the answer is, of course, you know, the confidence must be there that the Belfast Giants will see the ice this time next season. But they seem to be in good hands with what they're offering, with what's being said and the approach that's being taken. Um, it helps massively when the CEO of the trust loves this team every bit as much as everybody that turns up on any given night. Um, you know, so that's a, that's going to be a big factor. Eric Porter and, and, you know, Robert Blade P, so to speak, you know, um, so the, the, but the Belfast Giants are one of their anchor tenants as well. As Joe's talked about the mass gatherings and gift concerts and all in, you only have to look at the SASE sort of booking chart for the next six months to see just what a dire situation the whole, the whole arena is in there. And, you know, we just really hope that once this COVID is in the rearview mirror and, and, if it's a vaccine or whatever it is, makes it go away. You know that life can get back to normality. I I really detest this new, the new normal because I just want to go back to just life. I don't want a new normal. I'm, I'm, I just want to go back to the way, I go back to the way things were. You know, um, things change. But um, look, the 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 trust have really set their stall out there and saying, you know, for the couple of thousand season ticket holders or whatever it is. We're putting our faith in that you are going to come back here. This is what we're going to offer you. We're putting our hand in our pocket. Big, like, what's a season tip for the Giants? A few hundred pounds? 330, 360, something like that. And you're basically getting a hundred pounds of stuff back. 50 quid to spend the arena and a, a shirt that I'm sure is worth 50 or 60 pounds as well, you know. So, like, they're, they're putting their money where their mouth is. They're, they, the season ticket holders are the lifeblood of this club, you know. They're the, they're what what keeps everybody ticking over the summer holidays and stuff, and you know, it's just it's one of those parties. This is a hard out podcast to talk about because there's so many unknown factors. Yeah, we want hockey back in September 2021, but you know, we want the Odyssey Arena full of people for you know the Genesis gig in April, and we want people to be able to go to just just get back to you know big events and motocross or whatever happens in the SSE. You know, the, the hockey is going to be a symptom that when everything's back to normal, we're going to be in there too. I just want, just want life back. You said with the Genesis gig, have I, I told I, you my story? Has the, the Genesis gig been in that shit? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? It was you that told me. You announced it. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if it's been announced. I don't know if it's been, I don't know if it's been out to the public yet. Well done, Danny. Good job there, man. Bleep it, bleep it. It's the first bleep. I don't know, I'll go check here now. The bleep gig. <laughs> Could be anybody. I'm pulling the sense. Well, while, while, while Simon, while Simon's, uh, while Simon's, uh, did, I, I've told you about, about what happened to me with Genesis, did I? No, let's go. So I got an email from a guy called Tony Smith, not that Tony Smith, but a different Tony Smith. Yes. And, to, and this Tony Smith is the is the manager for Genesis, and he said, "Nice to meet you, Patrick. Really, uh, we really look forward to having you as part of the uh, the setup for the forthcoming tour. Um, uh, if you want to meet with Mike and Phil and the co, we'll we'll put that meeting together. But we'll want you part. <laughs> we'll want you part of the uh, of the setup come the the tour. And I sent him an email going." I think you've contacted the wrong Patrick Smith with the wrong email. And he says, he emailed me back saying, I have. I'm very sorry. I says, that's no problem. That's no problem. I says, I says, however, if you do want me part of the setup, I'll come. I'll, I'll sing some songs and I can learn to play the guitar. I have no issue with that. I did say that I can't dance, but that didn't go well. So the, um, 
There's so, two things about that, Paddy. Number one is if anybody has seen your rendition of uh, the Fresh Princess Boom Shake the Room at Glastonbury, <laughs> they will know that you were born for the stage. Uh, and also, this is probably your biggest moment since uh, Kelsey Grammer of Frasier fame complimented a view from the bridge of the play. That's right. <laughs> the, uh, but, but, but it didn't end there. That's the thing. About a month and a half later, I got another email, this time a contract. <laughs> With to tour with Genesis, uh, and you know the whole the whole shebang, and uh, what's your daily rate? So uh, I'll not say it publicly. Should have signed it. um, Should have signed it. Absolutely. Offer so basically for me to join them on tour uh, in the UK and the US, and so I bounced them an email back saying you've done it again, Tony, and he came (laughs) back with no problem. But anyway, the upshot being that me and the good lady wife have uh, have free tickets to see Genesis. Oh, excellent! <laughs> That's sensational. Well, it, it has been a nice for okay. So on, we keep it on, in. Uh, it's on the website. Yes, yes. Uh, and we're getting free tickets too. Says <laughs> <laughs> we have some free to see, see Genesis. And well, when you go to see them in April, I'll give you give you a wage away from the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh dear. Right, listen, let's let's keep this moving. Um let's hear from well, hang on, Phil, let's back back up there a minute. Yeah, yeah. So who's the Patrick Smith that's touring with Genesis? Uh from what I can tell he was a um or he is a uh either a session singer or a session musician. It's one or the other. From the from the con- from the contract, which I of course didn't read. Is he from uh, Belfast? Of course no no, no no. I think I think he's from London. But of course he uh, it, it's a contract that I didn't read and I deleted immediately. <laughs> You think about it? I agree with David. I absolutely. You should have signed it and sent it back. <laughs> Wish I had. You're, 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 you're not the first people to say that. One of my mates said, "Sign it, send it back." When they try to cancel it, then kick up a fuss. I was like, yeah. "I'll take you to court. I found this contract. You've offered it to me in court. I'm coming on stage. I'd like to speak to the manager I can of feel Genesis." It's coming in the air tonight. <laughs> Thank uh, God you're not doing, you're not performing that voice. I'm, I'm glad he didn't sign it. <laughs> uh, right, let's, let's go. Oh, Early, earlier on today, I, I had a more serious chat with the head of hockey operations, well, the head of hockey operations, Steve Thornton. Let's hear that. Okay, joining us now is the head of hockey operations, Steve Thornton. And Steve, I guess we'll get on in a few minutes on to the, the real business of what's going on with the Belfast Giants, with the Elite League and where we look to the future. But on a, on a human level, how are you? How's the family? How, how are things in this whole craziness that we're undertaking right now? No, we're, we're doing okay. You know, everybody, everybody so far in my little small little bubble or circle or whatever you call it is, is, is healthy and, you know, we're kind of happy that the kids are back in school and and seeing some of their friends. And you know, the lockdown was kind of difficult on them. I think I think at just their age, socially, um, where I was able to cope with it. We had a lot of Teams meetings and Zoom calls, and I was able to keep in contact with a lot of people. So I, I mean, obviously devastating news yesterday from from a hockey perspective. But like in terms of the, the family, we still love being in Northern Ireland, and then they're, they're healthy. So that's what's important. That's good. It's, let me take you back to how the end of how the end of the season took place with regards to um, the elite league deciding to suspend and, and eventually cancel the uh, 2019-2020 season. Obviously, the Belfast Giants had their own incidents with regards to the COVID and everything that was taking place. That it, it was inevitable that some action had to be taken, and that action was taken. What effect did that have on the Giants with regards to the end of last season? 
Well, I mean, I was took away any chances that we had a silverware. Um, yeah. So I guess you could look at it as, well, we didn't get a chance to, 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 to fight a comeback for the league, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I guess we're now still defending league champions, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Three years um, in a row. Yeah. But the, 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 the way we do, the way we do the schedule and the way that it, it worked out for us last year was that we had a lot of home games left at the end of the season, which was a big blow for us. You know, we, we coming down the stretch, I think we had four out of five possibly out of mm-hmm. memory plus the home playoff game. Um, so financially that hurt, but again, just not being able to complete the season, a lot of uncertainties, unknowns for the players. And it was a mad scramble, you know, uh, trying to get guys out and, and, and deal with that logistically and, and just operationally. So uh, n- not ideal. I mean, uh, obviously I, I cannot, I couldn't have imagined back then in March that we would be in the position that we're in right now, six, seven months later and having to make an announcement like we did yesterday. It's suspending the following season. You kind of felt that it was, it was a severe pandemic that was coming, but like it would have, it would have been, you know, a few months and, and maybe you had a chance to kind of get to some form of normality, but here we are and, and we're, we're not quite there yet. Of course, yeah. As you say, yesterday it was announced that the 2020-2021 season would be suspended indefinitely with the potential of something possibly happening in January. But what have the last, what have the last six months entailed for you? Because obviously you can't stand still. There was the potential. The Elite League did come out with a statement that possibly did October, then it was possibly December. Uh, and the real, uh, a real incentive was to have this Magic Five or whatever it was going to be and have this tournament in, in Nottingham. So, I doubt that you guys, in regards to the Giants, were standing still. No, absolutely not. I mean, I think everybody was getting used to what the lockdown was individually, like when it happened. Like it was, it was, it was such a strange situation. And you know, from from a, a, a pure hockey perspective, Adam, Adam, and myself, and uh, Jeff Mason would have like two, three calls a week. Our, our coach calls, and you got used to doing it on on you know, like the video uh, calls. Yeah. And during that time, we had probably built three teams. We were still all over agents and dealing with players and 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 we had kind of let our players know that like there's an unknown and uncertainty so like we're not going to hold them back from anything but you know we were i was trying to pull budgets together based on what we felt like an october start may look like and and how that was going to impact our our revenue which you know could have an impact on our budget and what risks we were prepared to take and and then you'd build a team from from that and then when changes happened again it was you know, obviously less home games and you didn't know where your, your sponsors and partners were going to fall if they were able uh, to, to come back and support you, which again would have an impact on the budget and that could potentially change the way your roster looks. So it, yeah. we almost had three rosters being juggled throughout the course of the pan- pandemic. So it was extremely busy from a player hunt, but we had made the decision not to put any offers out. We wanted to let, we wanted to deal with the players that we had. You know, it felt like things were changing on like a weekly basis at the time. So it wasn't really fair to, to, to hold players back. We felt if we put an offer on somebody, I know some players would probably rather have something in their back pocket, but yeah. we didn't want to give a false sense of security or hope to players. It was more encouraging them to, you know, take, take an offer in the league that they felt was clearly going to go. We were waiting for that green light because we knew it was going to be a buyer's market at that point. And then just making sure that we were all in a good space, you know, just preparing for whatever we could um, when it came. So I would update on the weekly meetings that we had at the league level and and anything that was coming down through the trust. And, and, and that was it. So all the communication and the plan that we had on the comms would go to the players from there with whether it was a WhatsApp message from uh, Adam or or, me, or all of us calling them just to kind of have that personal touch. But 
it's a bit of a blur to be honest with you. I can't, I still can't believe we're in this position. One of the first real indications we had of where things were sort of heading was when the announcement came that the Friendship 4 wouldn't be taking place this year. Obviously, all these decisions are taken with all sorts of due diligence and all sorts of thought and, and the right things behind them. But how difficult was it with that? Because obviously the Friendship, Friendship 4 has been such a bright light in regards to the feather in the, uh, in the cap of the Belfast Giants organization and, uh, and to go back to those colleges in North America and cancel that. How, how difficult was that? Well, it was tough. I mean, we're so proud of that tournament for what it does for, for Northern Ireland. And also it's obviously a big help for the Giants in terms mm-hmm. of putting a spotlight on the organization and the city for future players. But, you know, that, that was, that was one that I think was, inevitable and and we have been kind of just waiting for advice from government and 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 for what we can and we can't do we didn't we don't we don't want to pretend you know to to make up information or or to pull the wool over people's eyes on what we're doing with uh you know kind of guessing so everything that we did was based on the information we were getting from um, government or dcms and at the time international travel was going to be impossible and at the same time the universities weren't weren't really in a position where they wanted to put any of their students at risk with all of the unknown, and, and the commitment had to be made quite early for the international flights, like to pay for them and book them. So it, it wasn't us telling them it's not happening. It was kind of a mutual conference call saying that it is impossible, um, and, and that, that was just the reality. So there's still very much um, uh, like a, an appetite uh, to, to continue on with the friendship for when – when, when it's, when we're ready to, when it's possible. So like we have like the, the obviously a target date of, of next November and we have teams that are, are, are very keen on, on being a part of it, but we're not through this yet. I guess that's the, it's hard for us to make any announcements until we know for sure that, that, that anything's happening. Uh, one announcement has been made, as we said, we've said a few times, and I deal with that is the suspension indefinitely of the Elite League for 2020, 2021. We, the, the Elite League were very forthcoming in regards to statements every so often to sort of say that, you know, you guys were meeting, you had your Zoom calls, you were having discussions as to where it would go, you were coming up with ideas such as the Magic Five, you, you come up with, you know, dates that we're going to work to. How difficult was it to come to yesterday's decision? I mean, it, it, personally, it's really, it's really hard. I think everybody f- feels the same, but it was the only decision that, that we could make, you know, uh, you know, as the months went by and, and it, it turned into weeks. And for us to put on elite league games or to have a season, you, you kind of needed to have the stars aligned. You needed to have like the, all the home nations, the devolved governments kind of agree on a return mm-hmm. to play that would allow for, you know, 70% plus people through the doors. And then also the appetite for the fans to want to come into mass gatherings, let alone like for like the ability to, 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 to hold them. Um, and it, it's just, it, realistically, we're, we're, we're very aware that in the next week or so, all four home nations aren't going to come to an agreement that we can, we can have indoor mass gatherings to the tune of five, six, seven thousand people. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we were on the clock and, and it's certainly not like a finance thing only like it's a safety thing first but you know we would need to start spending money right now you know like on flights and work permits and equipment and apartments and all all those types of things to have a team ready to play in in december and it's just unfortunately not feasible so the the teams you know we're all kind of unanimous on 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 that so it's it's, it's very much a shame Um, but that's the reality i suppose 
Interesting. You're, you're absolutely correct in saying, you know, regards to the safety aspect and being able to bring people into arenas safely. And, uh, and, you know, there are, t- we see test events taking place on outdoor events, but this being uh, a predominantly an indoor event makes it even more difficult. But from that financial side of, of the thing, of things, especially with some of the smaller clubs, was there any concern that to, to undertake a season would, would, would be difficult for the, the, the smaller teams? I don't think it's just smaller teams. I think everybody has concerns, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, you're, you're really trying to prepare budgets with uncertainty and unknown. Like you don't, you don't know how it's going to affect your team. So you've got to obviously be extremely cautious, but yeah, like there, there was no sign in sight that the, there were going to be any re- relaxation of the social distancing measures where maybe the bigger clubs can cope with, you know, 60% or 70%. The smaller club is going to be much more difficult, you know, like it gets to a point where this, a smaller club, that might only be season ticket holders, so they can't they can't sell a ticket. So the the only thing that they have uh, the only the only people they have coming to watch the games are, are season ticket holders, which is great for the core fans, but it's not feasible to, to to run a business off of that unless you got significant government support, which you know a lot of teams in uh, leagues in Europe have been able to to, to get. There has been a suggestion that in January, February time, there may be an opportunity to have some form of of competition. What do you see that competition being? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's again, it's one of those things. Like, we we're not keen on kind of making any statements or giving any ideas out before we kind of know what the landscape is going to look like. Um, it certainly won't be an elite league season because I don't think you'll have enough games or all ten teams competing in it. Um, there, there's definitely an appetite for some teams to play as as soon as humanly possible. Um, but we just we don't know what that would look like. Whether it would be a, like a, an extended playoffs, a short season, a Challenge Cup, or just exhibition games. Like it, it, until we get to a point where we're, we're told that there is a return to play in place, we can get a certain number of fans in the building, and then you look at the number of games that you're you're able to play. Then then we would probably grade something. But we're confident we can grade something. Like t- teams are confident that very quickly you can pull something together. I'm going to go. We, we did ask for questions on Twitter, email, on, on Facebook and the likes. I'm going to just throw a few of these at you, Steve, because obviously sure. fans are looking on with a, with a few queries. So, um, I'll start with Jonathan Smith. Uh, looking forward to, looking forward into recruitment. Will there be further financial or travel constraints on building a team for when the Giants start, start up again? Look, it's hard to say. I mean, we're, I, 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 we would put our budget together based on our expectations of what our season would look like, you know, for 21-22. And that's kind of the focus for us right now. Like anything else would be a bonus, season 21-22. And we've got a good blueprint for that. You know, we have a good idea in terms of the number of games we're going to be able to play if if COVID is is gone. We know we know realistically, like, what we're going to look at in terms of season ticket numbers and ticket sales and sponsorship and those types of things. So you'd, you'd build from that. Uh, and then that would have an impact on 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 your team. So I'm I'm confident we're going to be able to. There's going to be a big appetite for for live sports again. You know, I think there's some hardcore fans that are going to be, you know, trying to figure out what to do on Saturday nights from from here until next August September time. Mm. So, um, you know, we're, I, I'd like to take the optimistic and positive position on this one. That you know, we're we're in a good position. We've been here for 20 years. We've got great relationships with the partners we have. We're, we're a great sell in terms of what we offer to the players that are coming in. Our reputation in, in the international hockey world is, is fantastic. And we are a destination that people want to play. So, you know, with, with 12 months of, of, uh, recruiting time and the past six months of kind of overdoing it, 
recruiting and going above and beyond trying to almost put together a team for a big budget team for medium budget a team for small budget a lot of the core work is is done so you know i think we'll be okay uh ryan hitchman says it no it was maybe something we've covered but if there if there's a shorter season starting in january how do you plan on attracting players would there not need to entice players to leave their current teams or indeed their newly started careers well, yeah, I, the one thing that I'd be confident in if there is something that happens before season 21, 22 is that there will be an influx of players ready to go on the market. Um, right now, there's just not enough jobs to, to, to cover all the players that are out there. And there's still, you know, big, big, big risk in on, um, you know, the leagues in North America. Like we, we don't know for sure that the East Coast, I know that they've got their dates set like we had. To start, but you know they're dealing with something similar that we are here in terms of the, the evolved governments. Like each state is different rules, and there's teams in Canada, and right now they can't they can't cross the border. Um, the AHL level, you know, possibly getting subvented from the NHL so they can play, but who knows for sure if all teams are going to survive it? Are all the teams in Europe going to get through uh, until March, April, May next year? We we don't know, but I do know that there's going to be a lot of players available if something happens in in Janerfab. Obviously, in the last, uh, along with the announcement of the the suspension of the of the league season, you also put out a information on regards to the season ticket and whether people could gain, you know, defer that to next season with the other enticements involved there and and the uh, <clears throat> excuse me or the possibility of a refund if they want that. Belinda Trimble asks that if they're to keep their money in the club until twenty one twenty two and the league doesn't recover. And if that money's spent, how do you recoup our money as they've two season tickets and five hundred pounds is a lot to lose? Well, we wouldn't spend the money. Like that that's that's something that we wouldn't do. So we, we would um absolutely refund any money if there's no season twenty one, twenty two. I it sounds hard it's hard saying that, but uh you know, that the, the money would be there for a refund and and that there would really as you know, an organization like we have that is Owned by the the Odyssey Odyssey um, Trust, like it would it would essentially be coming back from the charity. Really, you made a comment in your in the statement yesterday you know, that the Odyssey or the SSA Arena being Tier Five is going to be one of the last one of the last um, businesses to to reopen. Uh, what effect is that having on the business or effect on the Belfast Giants? Well, significant, and and you know that's again not just the Giants; that's across the board. Like mm. we're 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 in the business of mass gatherings, so you, you've if, if if you take a look at like what we do, we've lost you know ninety percent plus ninety five percent plus of the income that we would normally generate. So it, it's um, it's just not a great time to be in this business of mass gatherings unless you get some form of significant financial support to help you through it, which is, it's, you know, it is a tough one because if, if, if you don't have the ability to open the doors, um, you'd like to think that there is going to be something coming down the line to support viable businesses, which we, which we are, we've proven that in the last 20 years that we're very much a viable business. And I think one of the most important ones for Northern Ireland for what we've done in the last 20 years. Um, one here from Anthony Hamilton on Twitter says, is there an option not to take the bespoke jersey and the £50 credit for the reason I'd rather that money was spent on those things or to, to go straight to helping the club instead? Well, that's, it, that's an incredibly generous. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, we, cert- we we don't have that as an option on the t- Ticketmaster platform. But, you know, I, I'm sure the conversation we have, we'd, we'd like to encourage people to take advantage of those those offers because they're so important to us. And we take pride in the way we, te- we, we 
we treat our most important assets, which against essentially is our season ticket holders. They are the backbone of our organization and, you know, they're with us through thick and thin and, and, you know, we want to make sure that they, we recognize their value to us. So those, that's just a small incentive that we've, we feel is, is fair for them to, to, to play their part. And I, you know, realistically, I think the most important thing, putting the money aside is the fact that they're still committed to the Belfast Giants. Like we worry about like, you know, a year off, will will interest be lost more than having access to, to money? So we just want them to come back in season 21, 22 and support us and cheer us on and be that extra person we have on the ice when we're playing. It's interesting. That was the, the next point on my list here, Steve. It goes to the next 12 months because obviously with that announcement and let's take, let's park the idea of, of January, February for now. There, there is a potential that we may not have elite league for the next 12 months. So what is, what, are you looking forward? What do you see your next 12 months being? Well, I mean, the, we're going to put a, a, a plan of attack together for events and whether it's, you know, Zoom calls or Teams calls or, you know, to start with. And it could be as simple as some Adam going through his preparation video that he did against Cardiff when we won, you know, a cup final or, or we played them in the playoffs or something like that. So something, something that I think the season ticket holders and the hardcore fans would like enjoy doing. So we're, you know, we want to stay relevant on, on the hockey side of things, but also like we want to also uh, be out in the community. So we, we've got applications in for, um, some, some grant programs like the Odyssey Ice Academy that we've done in the past under the, 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 the Giants, um, logo and umbrella. And delivering on those types of things as well. We've, we've done schools programs in the past through sub, with Subway. Again, not the easiest thing right now because it's getting into schools physically is probably not possible or viable. And we're finding that like with some of the stuff we do in W5. But is there an opportunity, um, via, uh, the d- teams or Google Classroom or, or, or uh, Zoom to, to, to deliver on the healthy eating and healthy lifestyle programs. Um, and then again, from a hockey specific point of view, we're going to need to build a team and, and we're not going to wait until April, May to do it. Like we'll, we'll start, we'll start right away. You know, we'll, we'll make sure that we're putting in our time and you might not have like the appetite for players to commit that are playing right now, but we could certainly do our homework to make our life a lot easier. And what's the mood like in the elite league boardroom with regards to the future of the elite league? Well, I think, I think, I think the boardroom is as good as it's ever been in the late league. Like, I mean, the standard of hockey is getting better and better every year to, to, to the point where it might be as good as it's ever been in the UK. You could argue the Super League was, was there as well, but the last couple of years of the late league has been fantastic. And, you know, the same thing goes for the ownership. It's just probably as strong as it's ever been. So everybody's understanding. And I think we're in a unique situation the way that the league is run and that like the, the 10 teams are representing the elite league, it's individual businesses and, you know, there's there, each individual club will have different pushes and pulls that would affect them internally. But like, we're all trying to do what we can to enhance uh, the elite league and ice hockey in the UK. Um, so when it came down to like these tough decisions, like we made, I think everybody was on board and it came down to like the small details as to like dates and wording and, and those types of things that again, we ended up uh, coming to an agreement on. So we, we do what we can to support each other. Well, Steve, it can't have been very easy, especially the last six months and especially the decisions that had to be taken. It's a, it's a long year ahead, unfortunately, but we really appreciate you taking the time to, to have a chat with us and, and thanks for answering some of the questions that some of the fans had.
Yeah, no problem at all, Patty. Good to hear from you. It's nice to have a, a hockey chat with you guys again. It's been it's been too long. Thanks very much to Steve. Um, Joe, I'll start with you. You know, obviously from a business point of view, you know, it's very very difficult. He he's obviously trying to push forward with how this organization is going to run. But let's focus a little bit on the likes of the players. We've seen players. We, I guess one of the first real balloons that went up with regards to things were going to go this way it was in the likes of Joey Martin was leaving um, the, the Cardiff Devils and heading to Stavanger. Um, a lot of these players, the import players are going there and about. Earlier on, we heard Adam Keefe say that, you know, he's trying to find employment for some of the guys, you know, European teams and the likes. And then you look at some of the British players as well in, in, in Mark Garside and, and guys who are more locally based. It's going to be a difficult 12 months if you don't have a gig. Yeah, I think uh, the one that really hit me first, I think, was was Jordan Smotherman's exit, uh, kind of for, for in terms of the Giants uh, taking a job closer to home in, in the East Coast League, and and I think the dominoes just began to fall after that. Uh, I think this, the sense of inevitability uh, sort of began to set in then for me. Uh, there was a, I think there was a change in the language used. You know, there even from the government at the start of the lockdown, there was all these grand statements about oh, three weeks, we'll get this under control, blah blah blah. Uh, we now have the hindsight and the benefit of hindsight to, to have learned what we have learned and just how long this thing is going on. And whenever you saw the, the players kind of up sticks and go, and, and especially with the support of the club, the, the writing was on the wall. Um, I think that it's it's smart in, in the case of players that that may, you know, even those East Coast League contracts, they're they're pretty hypothetical. Like they, they may not get a season played, you know. Um, anyone who can take a contract, good luck to them. What I find, uh, I think, most jarring was... Uh, Players that uh, players that are are rock stars or celebrities in, in their in their cities where they play are uh, are just working day jobs. You know, the, a lot of guys saw the writing on the wall very early, and uh, and I don't think he'll he'll uh, be annoyed for me saying, but but obviously Kevin Rain is is up in the the northern reserves of Ontario at the minute, uh, working on construction, building roads and stuff. Uh, he, I got a, a FaceTime from him a couple of days ago, and um, he says, you know, it's uh, he's, he's loving it. You know, he's he's in a crew with uh, 15, 20 guys, and they're all just busting balls all day and having the crack. And he says that the culture is very much the same, but um, everyone's just trying to negotiate something that there's no textbook and, and no prior kind of knowledge of. You, you, just, you can't blame them. Um, I hope that the guys who have left the league get a job and get to play. Uh, I hope that the the players who don't find a way back into the game. And I also hope that, that the kind of big names make their way back here. I think there's a, a bigger conversation over, you know, the the quality, uh, the size, the shape of, of our league whenever it gets going again. Um, I, I don't know that, that, you know, it's probably another conversation for another time in terms of the, the you know the quality of the league and and uh, what it's going to be like uh, but i just hope that we find a way to attract those names back in and that people remember the potential that the elite ice hockey league had and, and continued to build up until this year david it's impossible for us to surmise what it's going to be like in 12 months time because you know six months time we couldn't even conceive we'd be in this position right now but you know is there <laughs> any level where we have to accept that there's going to be a serious change to the structure of the league, the players that we come in, we get in and, and maybe a, a rebuild that may have to go on? It's completely unknown, I guess. Um, it really is. There, if, you know, if teams are going to like kind of mothball and like kind of hopefully protect their business and that they might have similar budgets coming up for, you know, it's just unknown, Paddy. It's bound. To, it's bound. The whole world is losing money. 
you know, everywhere, every, there's not a business that's not going to be affected and isn't going to have, you know, the same amount of spending power that it once did. Are players therefore going to be that slightly bit cheaper? Is there going to be a larger pool of players? Is there younger guys going to be wanting to come for less money? It's just, it's just hard to know because of the, the variables. I guess what you hope is that the standard won't be affected as much as it, as it potentially could be, you know, are you going to be able to draw those guys that have played in the NHL or young guys coming straight out of college? Who knows? You know, we'll hopefully still have the NCAA tournament here, you know, at Thanksgiving. You know, the, the, the trust of, you know, sort of put that down as one of their their building blocks for, for coming back. So, you know, you've just got the hope that we all rally around. As, you know, Joel always says, we'll put the rally pants on or is a rally cap. I don't know, Joel, what are the it was Simon Kitchen's rally pants, was it? Uh, yeah, Simon Kitchen had the, the lucky pants, but I say rally cap. Rally cap. So, you know, we all we all just, you know, we'll rally around the club where we can. We'll all probably have to put our hands in our pockets at some stage. People aren't going to have as much money to to be, uh, you know, basically giving a right to some the product they're not getting. So, you know, there, there'd have to be some innovative thinking goes on here as to, as to how the club's going to get those shackles out of people's pockets. But we've just got to support where we can. And as Joel says, you know, we're Robert's disciples here and we'll just keep, you know, just keep preaching the message and hope that uh, people come back through the doors and, and the hockey will be of a standard that, because it, it's been a long time building. You know, we have built, uh, not we, <laughs> the Royal Way, like I'm part of it. You know, the, the product has been built to a point, you know, Conti Cup finals, CHL for, for different teams doing really well on an international stage. The product's as good as I can remember it here, yeah. uh, even going back to the, early 2000s, the product now is as good as back then. Maybe not quite as deep, maybe not quite as deep, but it's as good a product on the ice. Um, so, you know, we just have to hope that going forward we can get back to something like that. Simon, you know, you've got a close association with what goes on likes of uh, the Dundonald Ice Bowl and, 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 and things like that, and you see some of the guys and how they're going to take over. And I think about the likes of Mark Garside, you know, based in there, Adam Keefe based down there. You, know, what, what do you see the next 12 months being for guys like that? Oh, you know, if you look at the the bigger picture from a point of view, that there's no league, um, and the, the British players are going to find it the hardest to get jobs. I know there's a couple of DVDs away there at Lee. I think it's Italy. Um, obviously, Robert Farmer's still in Germany. There's a couple of others. Um, I've got gigs. I think say the kid Duggan from um, from Cardiff. He's about back to Sweden again. But there's there's guys the likes of Mark Garside, Kieran Long, Lewis Hook. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I know they want to play. Um, but you know, are they going to take the step down to play in the P I H L or M I? I, you know, are they going to be setting the league up? I haven't even looked at what, what they plan to do um, or what their, their schedule is as well. So, you know, the, the World Championships are nine months away, ten months away. Um, you know, is that going to be up and running again? If it is and GB don't have enough guys to play, what do they do? You know, you, you can't really go into that competition when playing two or three friendly games um, against teams who, funny enough, you're going to face in the World Championships. So it's a very, very difficult situation with regards to our own, as I say, Garside and uh, Kieran and uh, Hookie and, and Swinney as well. You know, the boys in, in Belfast itself, Kieran Long's still here. Um, he's living in Portadown there at the minute. He's, he's out driving a delivery van. Um, Gary is just doing his child mind and trying to write his new album. 
Um, and uh, Davey's you know, ready for that. Steve, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then you got Stephen Murphy as well. You know, Murphy yeah. is he just looking after after we Alex and what have you? So it's it, it, I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. I don't know. You know, it, it's as Joel said. You know, Rainer's out doing a day job. Um, and it, it, so it doesn't. It takes a long time to get used to doing that when you're used to coming in, skating for an hour and a half, going to the gym, having a bit of banter with your mates, and then sitting about the house or maybe going to the hard bar, which you can't do anymore, um, and or sitting in the apartment. It's a very, very tough gig to be up at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning to go and do a full day's work, to coming back and and you know sit in the house. So. It, it's, I don't know, Paddy. I really don't know how it's going to end up, mate. I really, you know, I struggle to think that, that um, you know, we, if, if guys get good jobs, are they going to want to come back to hockey? You know, you, you know, you, you get into a nine to five gig, you don't have to, you know, every weekend for ten for nine months basically is taken out of your hands, you know, and, and you've got to basically go and doing and you know. Or I you, you live to play games, but I don't know how it's going to turn out, mate. I really don't. And and um, the sooner uh, we're back on the ice, you know, the absolute better. But you know, I was talking to, to Bobby Farnham the other day. Um, he's he's out playing golf and fishing every day. Um, Bobby's just you know being Bobby, and him and his new best mate Pat Mullen, Patrick Mullen, are just chilling out, you know, relaxing, taking things easy, and um, he's waiting to. To see what's next for for Bobby Farnham, so he's not rushing out at the minute. Let's just say that. Did you say Longer's living in Portadown? Yeah. He's having a bad twenty twenty, like isn't it? Me. <laughs> 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 hello, hello to all of our listeners in Mid Ulster. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the Lurgan ones, they don't get the internet there. <laughs> oh dear, it is like. <clears throat> It's funny you said like about because uh, about the, the lifestyle changes with regards to the lads, you know, and, and what you're saying. You were going to the gym a little bit. I was out with um, catching up with a friend of mine who's a who very lucky man. He's a, a, or say a very unlucky man at this moment in time. He's a BA pilot and spent the last sixteen years of his life traveling to Johannesburg and Denver and LA and doing all that, and then flying back. And his life now he's been told two years. And he has now he's going to be non-operational and that's basically him. He has to now get, he's been grounded for two years and he has to you know, get on with life. And he's saying that, you know, it's been his life. It's been, you know, flying here, flying there. And he hasn't been anywhere in six months and he's been told he's not going to be there for another 18. And you know, when, if you've got a lifestyle, if you've got a way of living that is generally around, you know, doing, th- doing something that you love doing, doing an aspect like playing hockey that you love doing and you're being told, you know, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. We can't, we can't facilitate that for X amount of time. And that is totally out of your control. That's going to take its toll. It's very, very difficult. And I just hope for these guys that there is a means for them to, to find something else and then come back to the game. Because I think what we're going to need. Right, Jack Killian. All right. <laughs> but, you know, but, 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 you know, we, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to need these guys to come back to the yep. game. We're going to need to have, you know, the Brit, we know the British players are the core of what we have here. The likes of Longer than Stephen Murphy, we, uh, Mark Garside, you know, Ben Lake, who's been with us. And you know, we need these guys to be part of our organization. We need these guys 
to be the, the foundation of what we build. And you, know, with all due respect to you know, the, the the imports and, and and the guys who've come from North America, and as much as we love them, and and fair play to you know, Kevin Rainey. He's got, as we know here in a view from the bridge, he's always got the teaching to fall back on. But you know, it's the <laughs> it's the uh, but it's it's the, these guys who maybe who, with all due respect to them, and I, I hope they do, but the, who may not get another hockey gig for twelve months we still need them to be in a position because otherwise the elite league needs to fundamentally change the structure. The elite league needs to fundamentally change the way that it's approaching recruitment because these British players are the forefront, are the, are, sorry, are the foundation blocks of what the elite league are. It's why the elite league was founded. It's why the ISL was basically cast away and didn't, it was unsustainable. We needed to bring the, the British players through. And if we don't look well, after these British players, then, then we're going to struggle in 12 months time. Assume, assume these guys weren't eligible for furlough either type of contract. I, I don't know, Sam, would the type of contract mean that they're just no money at all since lockdown kind of thing? I'm I don't not, know. I'm not 100% sure, Davey. Um, I know that they had, I know that the, sorry, the Odyssey Trust were looking into that, but I, I honestly don't know how yeah. the, the final decision was on it. I mean, Paddy's 100% right. You know, when you look at the, the bigger picture again, it's you know, you, you talk about, you know, your your pilot friend, you know, going to do something he loves. We all love going to the games, you know, but we're just fans, you know. We try and think of something else to do, and that's exactly what we're going to have to do now. Um, I mean, I've been setting them up, or, you know, I've been coming home while they've been out working or out taxi and coming up, getting a couple of hours nap and getting up at 10 to 1 in the morning to watch the Stanley Cup. <laughs> um, and then going to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning, getting up at 7 to beat Jasmine for school drop her to school and then go on to do whatever else and do myself today. So it's um it's a, it's just a crappy situation for everybody involved and, and you know it's it's I, I just I, I just it's getting to the stage where it's driving me up a wall like I mean it really is and and I'm not used to as I say I'm down to a two day week. I'm not used to sitting in the house um all day long. I'm not used to you know and how how people do that with uh, earning a um you know, getting a, a paycheck or a check every week or payment into their bank as being unemployed. I do not know how to do that and repeatedly do it. And I, I, I honestly just drives me right round the bend. Um, so that's, uh, it's a, it's just crap. It really it is. is. It is, man. Let's, let's try and focus as I, as I wrap this up. He's you know, focus on what we're looking forward to coming back to. You, I think when, when things like this, focus the mind is the the reasons why we we've spent the last 20 years not joe we've been around, around longer than he has um we've spent the true. last he t- just looks like older than us <laughs> <laughs> the uh with regards to the belfast giants we spent the last 20 years following this club and and, and taking it as we've taken it as granted that come august come september october november as my parents always say they see me more between september and uh, they see me more in Belfast between September and April than they do between April and September because <laughs> I spend most of my time coming, a lot of my time coming back to watch the, the, the hockey team that I love to go and watch and I follow up and down the country. So when it comes to it, and I'll start with you, Simon, when it comes to that first puck being dropped, what are you looking forward to? Get the microphone on my hand. <laughs> you know, it's, look. It's a 2-1 game. <laughs> I, I had it here, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll probably have mellowed by that stage regarding <laughs> that, you know, the end of it. Um, 
That was mine. That was it, you know, said to my mom. Thanks very much for turning up! Yeah, thank you. We're a better off um, here, boys. We are. <laughs> oh, look, you know what? I'm, I'm just looking forward to the, the, the SSA Arena doors opening, man. Um, you know, I, I'd love to go and watch a gig. I'd love to go and, and you know, spend the night out in mates in the park. I went to one of the local bars in East Belfast uh, with a few of my friends and uh, Taff and a couple of my mates and then my brother were down um, three Friday nights ago. Booked the table. Uh, we said, right, okay, we'll book it for nine o'clock and that means we can stay on the table the rest of the night. We'll have food and, and chill out. So I was crammed over there just before nine o'clock. Um, got the drinks in. There was no problem getting a drink at all. Outside the area of the bar was food. Um, inside, there was also two other tables um, at nine o'clock on a Friday night. The crack was zero. Apart from our table, of us, you know, we sort of just had to start taking the piss out of people walking past to go to the toilet um, because that was the best entertainment we were going to have the rest of the night. <laughs> I was home and in bed for five past 11. So, you know, I just, I really look forward to the day that I can go with my mates, have a pint um, and sit and watch a hockey match or sit and watch a gig or, or you know, anything they got at the SSA arena. It's, um, it, it just can't come quick enough. And, and hopefully, as I say, you know, somebody, some genius comes up with a vaccine. They, they're talking about this with David yesterday. Whatever any other scientists are doing, whatever any pharmaceutical companies are up to, they need to stop what they're doing right now and find a vaccine for this because it's it's um it's absolutely imperative that uh, we get our hockey back because you know we just love it. Joe, I I guess to to bring it around full circle again, I sort of said at the start of the show that um my my sense of of purpose is is intrinsically linked to the things that I love, uh, you know, and and a massive part of that, a huge part of my life, is the Belfast Giants. <clears throat> I. You know, the thing that drew me into the club was my love for a uh, North American contact sport. I just love it. I, I find it really entertaining to watch sport in general. But the thing, you know, people always say that, you know, once you go and you get that bug and, and it sort of hooks itself into you. Um, the thing that has kept me coming back and the thing that, that means that I gladly give up all of my free time at weekends and time during the week and stuff uh, is the fact that I I have learned over the past 10 plus years that sport is such a powerful tool for social intervention. The the club is uh, an amazing thing. Uh, it's a Swiss Army knife, as I said earlier. Again, not to repeat myself, but it's so many things to so many people. Um, and and to see the doors open again, to to hear the sounds, to to smell the smells, to hear the clacking of sticks, to hear the skates on the ice, the Matt MacGyver playing music, everybody hugging each other and greeting each other, uh, those ups, those downs, all of the stuff that makes a game night. Uh, that that as a package is is what is so meaningful to people. And um, I, I can't I can't I, I could sit and ramble forever. I, I you know I'm trying not to try not to lose it here but um it's just going to be extremely special the the first night those doors open and, and everybody gets back uh what this club means to them and, and i have no doubt that it will happen david what am i looking forward to most when that first question? puck hits the ice when that first puck hits the ice well i hope adam keith is still behind the bench as our head coach and i hope he gets the number seven out to take that first draw and i hope that i get the right down a win in the uh, draw column for, for Gary Garside. But I'm looking forward to getting back to my stats, getting back to normality, getting back to analysing games, talking crap on podcasts, and just being there for each other. Joel put, like, probably Joel's opening monologue was the best of, of you know, the whole thing. This is part of all of us now. It's our, it's our identity. 
And, you know, whenever that's taken away from you, you lose a wee bit of your identity. And, you know, it's going to be a struggle at times over the over the coming months because we don't have hockey to talk about. So, like, we don't do this. You know, we, at the start of the lockdown, we tried to produce content and all. And, and we'll probably do something over the winter. But it's not the same as getting together every Tuesday night and sort of having your week almost planned. Says, you know, we're talking to each other during the week about what we're going to talk about in the podcast. We'll talk about what we talked about in the podcast, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's a massive part of our lives. And now when we phone each other, all you talk about is COVID. You know, it's 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 just it's all consuming. And I look forward to a time when that's not consuming us and we're talking about hockey again. Here, here. <laughs> what about you, know what? Paddy? Well, first of all, just um, as as Davey was saying, you know, I think it was only about ten minutes when you arrived <clears> to chat to chat to me last weekend and then we started talking about COVID. It is. It's just all, all right, enco- it's just all yeah. encompassing. But yeah, uh, from my point of view, um I don't know. It's just like the whole idea, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder and you, you you realize that when you don't you're not doing something you normally do. You know, I'm not sitting in front of I'm not sitting in front of the TV listening to the says call the games. I'm 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 not travelling down to to Cardiff to watch a game or Sheffield to watch a game. I'm I'm not stewed. When it comes to the Belfast Giants, I always said that when I, especially when I moved to England, there was a real connection to the fact that I realised that I was stewed in the stands, shouting for my own city. I grew up as as a, as a, a Liverpool fan, and you know. But I'm not from Liverpool, you know. I, I I will, you know, I'll shout and I'll cheer, and you know, for these Premier League from a Premier League team, the Premier League champions. And uh, but the, uh, but I'm not from there. But the actual ability to stand and and watch a team bearing the the name of the city that I come from and shout, "Come on, Belfast!" is something that I hold dear, and that's something that I miss. Being able to go to Manchester, Sheffield, Glasgow, and shout, "Come on, Belfast!" Uh, the connection to my city, connection to my home, is is something that is very important to me, and and when it comes to it, that's the thing that I'm going to look forward to the most. Um, Are you really going to miss going to the storm shelter? <laughs> Did you notice that I didn't mention the Manchester? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's bring a little bit of um, a view from the bridge normality to to proceedings here, and I'll ask any other business where do you start have you, count, have you counted up the bleed tail how's that going we are at 70 so we are 30 it will continue and we will hopefully hit 100 by the time we do yeah, the next 70, year I, I'm going on next Wednesday so that's 71 71 I guess my fifth I know I'm like I, I gotta be I gotta be honest I'm I'm thrilled so many people have, have taken up the challenge. I'm also a little disappointed with that number when you consider Simon's probably done five. Andy Key's probably got 32 of them. You know, I've got a few in there. I've got one next and, week as well. You know, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll push that. That's maybe something for us to focus on. Maybe focus yeah. on the other side of things, well. maybe, is, again, a lot of people might not realise that the blood bank is still open. Yes. Very or the need of will never. It's been open the whole way through, absolutely. So you know, if, if and it's not for everybody. There's a lot of things that yeah, you yeah, that's right, just yeah. can't do. So, but if you are eligible, we please, we we you know, we plead with you to get up to Belfast City Hospital, um, get yourself a 
a couple of custard creams or a Jaffa cake and a cup, cup of tea at the end of it. Um, and you, you'll be doing something that, that uh, you know, save three people's lives in, in uh, the space of 25 minutes. I, well, I, got a, I got a text message today at 25 past one. Thank you for your donation. Your donation has been issued to the Royal Shrewsbury Hospital. Somebody's running about Shrewsbury now with pure... <laughs> Pure orange <laughs> love running through their veins, you know? And uh, some delighted, to, some lads, delighted some to be able to do it. It was, it, was something that, it was something that I'd got massively out of the habit of doing for years. And now it takes... I was in and out in less than 15 minutes. Yeah. Bang, in, out. Top, didn't get a cup of tea. They're not doing hot drinks. The matter which is a bit of a blow. Anyway, yeah. any other business... Me and Smallsy, or Smallsy and I, are going to be doing another little thing with the homeless in Belfast, which you guys will obviously be roped in to help out on. Simon, I know, has done a lot of with, with the homeless in the past. Sheds has done a lot with the homeless. I'm sure Joel, just through his work with Hospitality Ulster, is something that you're touching on a lot. So we'll be using ABFTB, Kingdom of Jazz, to promote that over the next week or so. Smallsy and me have to have a little tete-a-tete to, to work out exactly what it is that we're going to be doing, but... There was there was something happened a number of weeks ago where some homeless people had their their belongings, their tents and all living in tents had their tents and stuff burnt. Absolutely disgusting, and, and it really resonated with me that this just this we have to do something. This is our city. We're talking about the hockey team representing our city. That can't happen in our city. So we've got to do something to help put that right. So um, ABFTB, we're going to use whatever reach we have to try and help some people that are very unfortunate be in that position that they don't have somewhere to sleep at night so let's uh, keep an eye on that one too um, I've got uh, just to touch on again we haven't forgot about the sponsors of the equipment um, from last season um, for the OSC um, and we really do for all the OSC guys we really do appreciate their support throughout the year we can't get at the equipment it is safe uh, it's at the SSA Arena and Taft store um, and as soon as we can get those doors open, um, we will figure out a couple of dates that we can get people down safely uh, to get the gear out there. Because, again, it, it, it's, it, people have paid for it. We understand that. Um, and we will get it to them as soon as we possibly can. As of yourself, Joel? It's more just a general point, you know, sitting listening to all of this. Uh, firstly, uh, my hands, I hold them up and, and I apologize. You know, the, the blood donation thing completely went, uh, went to the wall whenever all of this kicked off. You know, it was something that I had intended to get to once, uh, some time had elapsed after some traveling and some tattooing last year and stuff. But, um, I, I, We'll get it booked uh, tomorrow as, as soon as we finish this. Um, and I'll maybe see if there's some way to maybe document it, maybe video it, maybe talk people through the process. Because I would be a first-time donor. I've never done it before. And I think one of the biggest blocks is, is just that kind of fear of the unknown. So I'll go and I'll do it and I'll look like an idiot and I'll, I'll see what I'm allowed to do and, and try and talk people through it and see if it maybe helps other people to, to jump on board. Um, the the other thing uh, is just a general point, you know, the the blood drive, what Davey's talking about there, homelessness is something, you know, personally I've, I've taken a, a huge interest in throughout my life and, and, you know, always try and do my bit like everybody does. But um, I think at the minute with the world the way it's been, the world the way it is, sorry, 
um, everybody's fighting battles, you know, even the people that look happiest in the street are fighting battles. And I think the, the internet, especially at the minute, uh, it's toxic at the best of times, but it's just an absolutely horrible place to be at the minute. You know, social media is a, is a very dark and very, very dangerous place right now. And just anybody that's listening to this, it's very easy to run your mouth on the internet, but you know nothing about the people that you're talking to. Uh, something that may be a throwaway comment to you might stick with somebody and it, and it might cause some real harm. So it's just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm nobody, I'm just a person, but just uh, at the minute, I think it wouldn't hurt for everybody to just try and keep kindness to the to the forefront of their minds and, and try and treat other people as if they don't want to be treated at the minute. Um, I think there's going to be, you know, Simon alluded to a wee bit earlier on, I think there's going to be uh, a mental health uh, epidemic on the other side of this. I think there's a lot of a lot of things that are going to go unchecked, both in terms of physical health and mental health. And um, the, you just don't understand that the smallest little act, if you can go out of your way and make the smallest little act for someone or just do something unexpected or even just a kind word, checking in, you know, it's, it's so easy to run off all of those kind of one-liners. But if you just try and keep kindness in the forefront of your mind as, as we all try and negotiate the next kind of year or, or whatever it is uh, together, because, you know, there's no textbook for this. Everybody's trying their best. Everybody has a public face and a private face. And, um, you know, if, if you can just try and, and, and try and be kind to those around you and try not to to feed that kind of negative machine on the Internet, you know, try try to be positive, try to, to you know, encourage others and hold others up. And before I get into a sermon, I just think that's an important thing to maybe end on this week. I think you've you've hit the nail on the head with something I was going to approach there as well, and uh, you know you talk about the ties that bind us, and and we talk about you know the Belfast Giants because that is exactly when it comes to the four of us in particular as well. You know this podcast and what we talk about. You can even tell you know, when when there's no hockey to talk about, things go quiet, and you may not see the people that you normally see. You may, the the people that you would walk past and be on nodding terms with in the concourse, and and it can be very very difficult i think especially in the next 12 months if it is 12 months and let's hope that you know maybe we get some form of hockey if this whatever approach it comes in in january and february but if it is 12 months that we keep the fact that the, as a community the belfast giants is very important to all of us and as joel says you know just the, keep kindness to the forefront of your mind keep keep your eye about everybody and, and reach out if you're having problems reach out i think that's the that's the key to this um gents i want to thank you for for joining me on this uh difficult another difficult podcast but, uh, but um yeah. hey i got to tell you my genesis story so you know, that's I'm highlight the show for me um <laughs> this october would have been or will be i guess 15 years since the first episode of a view from the bridge so maybe we'll we'll do something around mid-October to, 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 to see that in and no doubt we'll speak again time throughout, time and time throughout this what could be a year and a half's worth of an off-season um, difficult times but uh, yeah thanks to everybody who passed their questions over to ask to Adam Keith and Steve Thornton thanks to both of those gentlemen for their time and uh, gentlemen thank you for your time as always thank you boys welcome talk to you soon lads yeah. Thanks, guys. And uh, wherever you're enjoying your time, this weird off-season, this weird prolonged off-season, we hope you're safe, we hope you are well, and we'll catch you here next time. All of you from the bridge.
Social Podcast Network.